want to be a platform that, that athletes can turn to, to to educate in this space. Um, and I think that puts a lot of it puts a lot of pressure on on us as a company as well to make sure that we're not just creating great products, but we're finding ways to actually educate. And, and that comes through, you know, through through content, through through the way that we can speak to our audiences as well. And for me, that's that's the ultimate goal. I, I want I want us to to essentially change the mindset for athletes. And with that, is is it's, it's a pretty bold statement. Um, but as we've said, I, I think there is something really, um, you know, really close to my heart about trying to get, you know, allowing people to have the the possibility to do what they love doing for much longer. Yeah, and I, I think it's it's a unique space in nutrition because no one has thought, you know, about about really thinking about athletes who love doing what they want to do and potentially continue to do that well later into life, continue to do it with their children or their partners. We all know endurance sports is a lifestyle. So um, if we can play a part in that, in, in changing the mindset of an athlete very early on in their careers and then be able to allow them to do it for much longer, that's, that is the goal. And I know there's a thousand steps in between that. Welcome to the Yogi Triathlete Podcast. We are Jess and BJ, and this is the place where we share stories of people looking, finding, and living their purpose. Today's guest is Damian Fitzpatrick, founder and CEO of Pillar Performance, a sports micronutrient company based in Australia. Damian and his team at Pillar are filling a gap between traditional sports supplements and pharmaceutical intervention to keep athletes doing what they love longer into their lives. And we love that. And of course, we also love the vegan tab on their website, recognizing the growing population of athletes choosing to no longer eat animal-based products as a means to perform well. But what we love even more and what we are committed to sharing is the story behind the product, the series of events that led to the creation of Pillar Performance and the chance meeting that initiated this and many of the 360-something podcasts that precede this one. Indeed, this happens when you follow your heart, learn from your pain, and live life purposefully. The universe will conspire to support you and bring you the people that align with what you offer in the world. And this happened just a few weeks ago at Ironman 70.3 Oceanside when we met Damien. Within minutes, I think we talked for about two <laughs> Two and a half minutes total. I just knew that he had a story we wanted to share. And after trying the Pillar Performance product that night, it was evident that we needed to get him on the show. Damien is a former professional athlete, well known for his injuries, which became a growing challenge that ultimately guided him to where he sits today and no doubt fuels his passion for supporting athletes' longevity in sport. That said, I'm going to leave that story for Damien to share. And if you've listened to this podcast before, then you know that we are going to dig in from there. So Damien Fitzpatrick, welcome to the show. It's so good to see you again. Yes, BJ, thank you very much for having me and and that nice intro. I very much appreciate it. And yeah, I totally agree. A very chance meeting and a, and a very brief, but I would say, yeah, very meaningful conversation um, led, has led to this and I'm really, really glad to be here. Yeah, it was really funny. You know, BJ and I were driving over to Oceanside that day to pick up our packets and walk the, walk the expo and we were saying geez, it's going to be so weird not to see Mike Riley here, you know, because he's, he's a local and, you know, the, he was the big voice of Iron Man for so many years and we just figured he wasn't going to be there. And out from under this tent, <laughs> hey guys, and there's Mike Riley. And now within minutes, he tells us his story about how he's been using Pillar Performance <laughs> and that to a point now he feels lazy because he's sleeping longer and better than he has in decades. And so then as we're cruising around, then I see you have no idea 
idea that you're the CEO and founder. We have like a two minute conversation and I'm about to walk away and you're like, Hey, wait, tell me about Yogi Triathlete. And then it just, uh, yeah, it all, this conversation comes from those few moments. And I just, I love how it all plays out. Yeah. I think that's the, that's the beautiful thing about expo life, isn't it? It's, it's a, it's a melting pot of people. And I think when Mike, when Mike arrived that day, it was, it was honestly, it was, it was like having Michael Jordan walk through. I mean, I've seen, there was, there was one time he came, he actually came back. I think he misses the sport clearly. He, he was meant to, he goes, I'm going to come through one day. And then he actually came back the next day. And I think he was just, it was his way of just being attached to the sport. But I'll tell you what, he came through at the same time that the pros walked back from the, the pro briefing. And there was more. There was more selfies with Mike than there were with the pros, and I and I don't think um, some of them would mind me saying that. It was it was really interesting for me to see that nostalgia. What people are obviously holding for him, and for particularly those people and those athletes that were racing for the first time and potentially not having the experience of Mike's voice there, they really wanted to obviously have him um, have a photo and be part of their race. Yeah, he's a good dude. Um, we've been really blessed to get to know him over the years and have him call us across many, many finish lines, even before we knew him personally. And he's, uh, yeah, he's just a, he's a great yeah, dude. I think that was the first American or North American race. He, he was not going to be calling people over like, and he was even hesitant when we had him on the podcast to even come up and be in that environment, but I'm so glad he did. Like he's such a staple and such a, a, a big piece of a big piece of um, the sport. So it was good to see him up there. And then to like, tell us about the pillar performance, which I've kind of, I've heard about you through um, how they train podcasts. I know um, he, he's a big supporter of, of um, pillar performance and mentions it a lot. And he's been using it long before, like in the early, early days, I believe. Um, but yeah, so let's, let's dive in. So how did this all start? Like, what's your background? How'd you get here? It's an interesting one. My, my background, I mean, we've obviously landed the world of triathlon and endurance sports, but um, my background, as you can tell, probably from my size, mind you, I've lost a little bit of weight since my, my professional career. Um, I I was a professional rugby union player. Um, And I was a professional for, for just on 12 to 13 years. Um, and I was I was um, signed on my f- first full time contract straight out of high school, and that is, is the same age as it is in North America, eighteen. Um, so I went straight out of high school and straight in, into professional rugby union. Um, and rugby union in the positions that I was playing is you know you needed to be anywhere between two hundred and fifty pounds, you know, in, in the guys at the very international level, um, and then there are some guys in a position that's very close to mine that, are, you know, some of them are getting into the 300 pounds. So you're talking very, very big guys. Um, so as you can imagine, aerobically, physiologi- uh, physiologically, very different systems to endurance athletes. But um, as Jess kindly touched on, and I'm, I, I really do own it now, I think originally as athletes in your career, when you get when you get branded as that guy that had a was injured. Um, you know, you, you do take it personally a little bit, but I, I kind of now wear it as a badge of honor, um, because of where it's been able to take me in, into this venture. But, um, one of the things that had led me down this path was obviously that injury history. So I had a very unique case, um, in the middle of my career where I had three subsequent ACL ruptures and ACL reconstructions, but like back to back to back um, with minimal to no contact involved. So obviously an ACL is is a pretty strong ligament um, and and usually it takes quite a high or heavy impact to to affect it. Um, I unfortunately 
had an instance where it actually, I had the first two happen in Australia while I was playing here in Australia. Um, and then I actually ventured over to Europe to find a surgeon to look into what was going on because I was 24 years old at the time. Um, and a lot of things didn't make sense to a lot of the medical staff that were dealing with the case. Um, because the fact that the matter was that I was healthy, I was, you know, I was, I was literally coming into the prime of my career. Um, and and the, the the circumstances in which the graft was breaking um, just didn't really make sense to anyone. So we ended up going over to France to find a surgeon who uncovered the probably the root cause of the entire issue, um, and that was the fact that I had a tibial slope that was slightly bent. Um, so I had a, had a, um, an increased angle on my tibia, which meant one of my tibias was bent. And this was just just from birth. It was it was something that you know no one could hope. Um, no, you, know, you can't do anything about. So you know when he gave me this news. I said, oh, okay, well, you know, it's been fun while it lasted, but I suppose that means I'm retiring because, you know, essentially I can't play contact sport with, with that degree of bend in my knee, um, in my in my tibia, because it's going to put too much strain. He described my ACL being like a really tight guitar string. He goes, because we have to move at that extra 8% across your knee, he said, essentially any slight variation off the pivot point is going to break the ACL. Um, and I, I said, okay. And I was, I, I was now, I, I'm paraphrasing, but I'm now in a, in a foreign country trying to piece together English and French, and 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 I was, I was, it was a situation where he said, but I think I could fix the problem. And I said, okay, wow, like that's that's interesting. He said, he said, yeah, I've actually done a surgery on a on a professional um, soccer player in Europe. Um, it was a guy from the Tottenham Hotspurs, which is a big English Premier League team, um, who had exactly the same issue. Now, this surgeon in France um, was a brilliant surgeon, um, and he, he goes, look, I, I did a procedure on this guy called what's called a tibial osteotomy, which meant that he was going to break my tibia in half, remove it like a piece of the tibia, and then essentially what it does is you take a wedge out and it straightens the leg back up, which would then mean that it would be straightened. Then he'll be able to re he, uh, in the same surgery, he was going to then reconstruct the ACL again, he also then took like one third of my ITB down the down the thigh muscle, and he to to make it extra tight, he took a piece of that and wrapped it around the front of my knee, which is called it's called a Macintosh loop. Um, and he described he was describing this surgery to me, what he wanted to do. Um, and I'm there trying to piece together French. My French at that time is not amazing, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, great, let's do that. That sounds fantastic. Um, had I probably known what I was going to go through afterwards, maybe I'd have second thoughts. I remember calling my parents. I was only 24 at the time, calling my parents who were back in Australia, and I said, oh, no, there's there's a surgeon here who thinks I can he can fix it, um, and then there's a French team here that wants to, to sign me for, for another two years if I, and, and pay for the surgery and the rehab, which I was really lucky about as well. Um, and I said, so I'm going to, I'm going to give it a go. Um, and so it sent me on this, this big journey. Um, essentially, long story short, the surgery was successful. I was able to get another six years out of the back end of my, my professional career. My knee probably got back to maybe 70%. Um, obviously, after a surgery like that, you can imagine that it's never going to be 100%. I've also got like a 12-centimeter plate that sits on the front of my tibia now holding everything together. Um, but I was managed to scrape together a, um, four, four more or five more years of my career, which I'm really thankful for. But what happened was it left my leg in, the, in my knee in a really compromised position because after all these ACLs, I literally had no cartilage left. 
um, which was was really problematic, obviously. And, and it, what that meant was when I was now having to do heavy leg weights because in my position you had to have a lot of absolute strength, which meant strength training was really important. So during the season, you know, and or even pre-season, for example, we'd be doing a lot of running because you know, aerobically you have to, even even in the bigger positions in rugby, aerobically you have to get through 80 minutes of, of running as well. Um and you have to carry a lot of weight. So the the fact that I was having to do heavy leg strength and then into, you know, quite back-to-back-to-back to back to back, um, heavy running days as well, I, I would just wake up and my knee would just be in such um, a bad position that I did what many professional athletes continue to do, which is which is not great. Um, and, and I turned to kind of, you know, NSAIDs, you know, non-steroidal anti-inflammatories, um, and and I was, you know, taking those the beginning of the week, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, just so I could get through training um, because in professional rugby, if you don't train, you, it's very rare that you'll get selected to play. Um, you know, if you don't get selected to play, you don't get paid, you don't get a contract. Everyone knows the, the story of professional sport. Um and so I was taking a lot of these anti-inflammatories. The, the medical team at the time in my Australian team here, um, I was getting older and I was very close with the medical team and the doctor said, look, Damien, I'm getting concerned, you know, I'm getting, I'm, I'm getting concerned about, you know, the long-term effects on all these anti-inflammatories on your stomach lining, um, you know, we, we need to start to work on other solutions. And I said, look, well, you need to find me another solution because like any athlete, I was so dedicated to what I was doing. I said, guys, like, if you don't find me a solution, these are keeping me on the field and getting me paid. I said, like, if you don't provide me with the, they're only anti-inflammatories. Like we're not talking, they're not illegal drugs. I said, guys, I could just go down to my local GP and get them as well. Um, so that's when we, 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 that was the exact situation that started me on this big deep dive of this world of, of complementary medicine, which is the broader terminology of the category. We've really dialed it into the, the idea of micronutrition, but we started to look for alternatives natural alternatives to inflammation and that is really where the passion started um even though right now the hero product of the brand is without a doubt our triple magnesium but the whole venture into this space in, into the the non-macro side of performance started then and there when i was trying to look for alternative um, in, um natural forms of um, anti-inflammatories we started to look in you know high strength curcumins high strength omegas um with ratio of epa and what we really quickly discovered was that we couldn't find anything that was actually specifically for athletes, something that would actually match the sports science where I was going home and reading because I needed to know exactly what I was taking because if I was going to take that and not the anti-inflammatories, I needed to make sure I was going to be taking something strong enough. Um, and, yeah, what, what ended up happening was we, we ended up, long, long, long story, we, we ended up sitting with a lot of the companies because a lot of the products that were being presented to me were not up to scratch. Um, and these were even the practitioner brands, the runs that you were getting prescribed to people. Um, they weren't up to scratch. What I found out, having sat with these companies, which is another blessing um, as an athlete, I think when you write in on LinkedIn, you say, hi, myself and, and you know, our head, of, and our head of medicine would love to come and have a chat about your products. Then everyone's like, yeah, come and have a chat. Um and it was actually some of these conversations which really gave me the, the path and the route to – and probably showed me the, the global gap in the market for Pillar because they, they told us that this category of, of micronutrition or preventative health or wellness, as, as we've always coined it um, – and it's really interesting, and I'm, I'm not going to, uh, you know, I'm not being drunk, but what they do is they target, they told us, and numerous companies told us this, 
they target 55-year-old-plus women. And I went, okay, that's really interesting. Like it's a really specific demographic. And they said, no, 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 we target 55-year-old-plus women for two reasons, because they are the most aware of what they need. They are at that age where they're also now purchasing these products on behalf of their husband who won't purchase them for themselves. And the 55-year-old mark, they believe, was around the time when their teenage children would hit the age where they could also start to purchase on behalf of teenage children. So a lot of the brands actually formulated and targeted everything regarding that demographic. And that just wasn't in in Australia. That was globally. Um, And that was the aha moment for me. I I sat there. I had By that stage, we had a group of dietitians across Australia who were also really keen to work out why we couldn't find products for athletes. Um, And what ended up happening was I I ended up getting very close with – uh, Pip Taylor, who was at the time, she's a very, very credited sports dietitian here in Australia. Um, she was working as the head of head of um, nutrition for the AFL, but also a big team in Queensland um, in our Australian Football League here. Um, we got together. She came on the journey and said, "Look, this is definitely a space I think needs to be, you know, needs to be uncovered, um, and I'd love to come on the journey." and what when we'll get into the products later but what pip ended up saying was she said damien i know you and i both right now we're in team sports we're in you know football contact she goes but i guarantee you the space lies in the broader market for endurance athletes because there is not one can and you guys would totally attest to this there is not one try i think anyone who knows you know who is doing triathlon has not had an injury experience as part of that journey it is just pass and parcel and the injury experience also comes on the back of deep knowledge on what the body needs. Um, and so she was saying, Damien, I think when we launch these products, because of the technicality in them, because they are essentially more pharmaceutical than they are sports supplement, she believed that endurance athletes were going to be the ones that were going to come over the brand immediately. And since the when we launched literally nearly 20 months ago now, the, the first product went live Um the first the first bunch we had all the professional teams already signed up we literally have now 55 professional franchises using the products but our core demographic of customers all endurance athletes which is really cool um but that was the story that's how the genesis of the brand started and there's obviously you know months of r&d and things in there but i ended up retiring in 2020 and um knew that this is what i was going to do and, and we went out and raised venture capital um and got started wow uh, yeah, that's, um, I see so many parallels. Um, and I know you want to you probably see the same thing, this desire to find the desire to keep, to find a solution to keep going. Right. Like I too, I'm, I had a, I had ACL repair back in the eighties. Um, I didn't have the tibia slant, so it took me one. Um, and it's been good since, but I understand that struggle of trying to, um, do anything possible to get back into the sport, to get yourself back out there. Um, before that, what was, what was growing up like, um, just to take a snapshot of, was that desire strong to pursue anything like one pointed focus? Like I'm going to get, figure this thing out and this is how, this is how I'm going to do it. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I think definitely. No, like, I mean, I think people often, they're quite humble when that question gets asked. Um, I think if you spoke to my parents, they would be like, out of all my siblings, they were like, if anyone was going to, 
you know, get get into this mindset of I'm doing this thing and going for it, um, it was probably me. Um, I grew up, you know, had had a had a had a really lovely childhood. Um, typical Australian family, very outdoorsy. Um, grew up swimming, um, you know, playing all types of sports. Probably. I was in my summer in, in summer. I loved swimming, um, and, I, and I was on the path to try and do that competitively. Um, but it was probably around the age of kind of twelve, thirteen, where my size just. And, and I think the swimming coach at my high school. Um, I think I came back after the first summer of high school, and I went to a high school that was very um, prominent in rugby. Um, and I think I came back to the swimming squad, and, and that was a, also a boarding school. Um, but I came back to the swimming squad. I think that that summer to train. Um, and I must have just, I must have just gotten so big. And I think, I think, I think the swimming coach must have said to my parents, um, I think we've got a decision to make here. Um, if he is to try and, and I was a sprinter in swimming, but they said, if he is to try and do this, where we're going to need to, he, <laughs> there's probably got to be a line in the sand moment. And mum and dad said to me, you know, well, what is it? And I said, oh, you know, at the time I was just like, yeah, I mean, team sports or, or swimming, I was like, Nah, I'm going to do rugby, and then that that was kind of it. Um, but yeah, I, I was always very driven. I, I was definitely um, one of those people. That, yeah, if there was, if, I, I think over talent during my entire, even my professional career, I think a lot of my teammates and coaches would probably say I I, I had a lot more work ethic than talent, um, and I'm, I'm proud to say that in a way. Um, and so, you know, I was I was always the guy that was was looking to do you know, things outside of rugby as well. I, I was I was pretty balanced in the way that I because I think I was so injured in the middle of my career. You know, I, I went and did economics degrees. I've done an MBA. Like I did all of that during my career because purely I was always on a knife's edge whether this was going to be something you know long term, and, and I knew life was going to be outside of that. So I. I I've always been kind of the person that if I set myself to do something, I'm able to do it just purely because um, I understand what, what it takes and, and work ethic from my parents came really naturally as well. My parents were very, very hard workers um, and that, that instilled a lot in me as well. Yeah, you got to keep going, you know, and it seemed, it's it's very clear that, you know, this the path of injury and and the quest to find healing in your own body. And then, of course, how it all has landed you where you are today with this company that's helping other people stay in the sport longer. And as somebody who's 51 now and Beach just turned 50 this year, like, yes, yes, we, I have no plans of, of stopping anytime soon, but I also know that, you know, my body has, uh, you know, almost 20 years of endurance sports on it at this point. And although I feel really amazing, you know, first thing in the morning, it's pretty interesting getting down the stairs until I do that mobility on the mat, uh, and get it moving. So you retired not that long ago. It was like 2020. So just about three years ago now and moving into the business. And I know I've heard a little story about the timing of when you launched the business. And I'm assuming that that timing with, you know, the shutdown in 2020, that that required that drive to come up and say, okay, we've got to find a way to get this product out to the masses with, uh, you know, not being able to be in person with people or travel. How did that all play out with the launch of the business? Yeah, it's an interesting story. So, I mean, 2020, I, I retired. Let's let me get the year straight. I retired in, in, in the middle of 2020. The interesting thing was COVID actually shut down the professional rugby um, season across the across the world, um, and I actually decided to retire then. I was going to retire at the end of the year, but because the season pretty much went on hold, I said to the team, "I said, guys, look, I'm, I've got I've got something pulling me in another direction." Um, 
oh, I think I'll retire now. So I kind of had quite a strange retirement, you know, little little quiet little quiet exit out the out the back of the stage. Um, but then what happened was we I obviously. I knew what the gap was, um, went through the whole startup um, incubator, you know, trying to raise capital. Went, we, we pitched the whole concept, um, went and formulated the opening ranges of the products. And, and I suppose the idea, and, and a lot of people ask where the name of the brand came from. Everyone's like, oh, I love the name of the company. And, and the name of the company really came about from from sitting down and, and, and myself and the dietitian were sitting down and we, we kept saying, okay, like, if we were to try and find products that would, you know, clean the corner of every window in terms of what high performance athletes need from a micronutritional perspective, what would they be? And, and we kept trying to say no, no, no. And then we, you know, we'd mention different ingredients. We'd be, we'd be talking, you know, you know, we were looking at mitochondria, we we're looking at all types of things. So I said, no, 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 guys, we've got to have the pillar. What are the pillars and like what are the foundations? We kept saying this word, and that was the idea. And then eventually, after a while, one of them said it back to me. I said. That's actually the name of the company, guys. And I, I literally, I was like, because we were at the time, we were looking for the pillars of micronutrition for athletes. Um, and that was in 2020. We we then were able to to raise raise some capital. Where obviously we entered into a pharmaceutical category. So the MOQs on production are very high. We have to use pharmaceutical grade manufacturing facilities as well. Um, and that's not cheap. So we did have to get some outside capital in, um, which we're very lucky enough to do. And our main our main backer all, all come from kind of nutraceutical, pharmaceutical backgrounds as well and believed that this space that we were looking to try and solve and this, I suppose, the, the gap and the mission for the brand is, you know, obviously to try and get more athletes to more start lines um, more often. And, and, you know, if you were to bring, really coin that down, you guys have summed it up perfectly. It's about longevity. It's about being that company within sport that actually puts itself as a, as a mission behind longevity because protein and carb fueling and hydration is not attached to longevity. You know what I mean? So we say, okay, we, we're going to get consistently attempt to get athletes to start lines, and that's how we're trying to get people to think about what we're doing. Once you get to the start line, you take your, you know, you take whatever carb gel company you want. You take your hydration, and their job is to get you to the finish line. You know what I mean? And we'll 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 pick it up. We'll pick it up from there again, and then get the athlete back to the start line. And our idea is because we, you know, I, I unfortunately because of the state of my my knee, and and it is this is a fact. I I won't be able to run you know even a half marathon with my son one day just because my my knee and is in such a bad condition. I won't be able to do it. But my hope is that we can create products um, and start to educate on this side of nutrition to allow people to do, you know, like yourselves, to be able to have a 20-year endurance career is more than, you know, is, is more than I suppose a lot of people um, would be able to do. And I think, you know, because potentially you guys have, have understood that and, and do take really good care of, care of your body. Um, but to answer your question, Jess, we – we launched the brand after after a heavy R and D process. The minute it was, and it's really interesting here in Australia, we we work omni channel and and we actually sell the brand in pharmacy as well um, because of the category where it sits. It's it's a very high strength product, and all the pharmacy, the major pharmacy companies here in Australia, onboarded the brand very quickly. Now the the day that the product was, we were meant to go live on the first of June, and we had all our purchase orders, and we we're going to go on to kind of four hundred shelves. Um, was the same day that the government announced that there'd be no, there'd be a complete lockdown. Um, so that was pretty stressful um, in terms of obviously you've outlaid capital. Then you know you you want to get the product onto a shelf so you can then activate all this marketing that you've you know and education and awareness that you've just been planning for six months. 
And then basically everyone was like, oh, you can deliver the product, but just just put all that stuff on hold. So we were sitting there just going, what do we do? Um, I mean, that's the beautiful thing about e-commerce now as well. And because we run bricks and mortar and, and e-commerce, we were able to start to focus more on the e-commerce side of things. And, and it was actually in that period where we realized that our customer and the need states that we are solving is so aligned to endurance sports and particularly that of triathlon as as the most the early adopters of, of all endurance sports is tri are triathletes. Um, from from the learnings that I've had and, and dealing with a number of brands in this space, triathletes seem to be a very unique um, and very educated group of people in the fact that they are willing to deep dive to find what they need um, purely because of, of, of the amount of um, I suppose, as, as you guys know, the, the, the amount of dedication and time it is required to, to compete long-form triathlon, um, you really can't leave any stone unturned. And if you do, you, you're kind of putting a lot of all the, a lot of risk on a lot of that other part of your life. You know, If you're doing upwards of 20 hours a week and you, and you are leaving something out, it's really risky, you know what I mean? And it's devastating if there's an injury. So triathletes are the ones that, don't leave anything to chance, which is amazing. Um, and I, I um, have spent, you know, only now a couple of years in the world of triathlon. And, yeah, I'm pretty inspired by talking to people like yourselves and other people and, and like, the amount of training that people can fit in. Like, there is no there is no better demographic of people than compartmentalising and having this, this balance. Like, triathletes and age group triathletes particularly that are balancing family and full-time jobs are the most phenomenal people I've ever met in my life. Like, you know, and that's almost like I want to fill our company up with them because I was like, if anyone could work out how to, you know, be pro productive and in a, in a time slot, it is triathletes. <laughs> so Pillar is, you know, I love how you say you're getting people to the start line, right? And then there's, there's so much stuff on the market. There's really great products that are going to get you to the finish line. And then you guys pick up from there. And and that really aligns with, um, you know, our, our nutrition program here at Yogi Triathlete. We're really focusing on everyday nutrition. We're focusing on the things that set you up for a healthy gut to be able to metabolize all the nutrition you're going to take on race day, right? Like a lot of the success with nutrition is what are you bringing to the start line? So the, the obvious thing is the race nutrition, but it's the space before the starting line and after the finish line, where it sounds like you guys are focusing too. Have you had, has that been um, a stumbling block for trying to get that mindset expanded for athletes? I know, I know it has been for us, um, trying to get that mindset expanded to say, oh yeah, it's not just what happens between the start and the finish. It's like, I got to take care of myself every night with the magnesium or and, and the pillar products to support what's going to happen between that start and finish line. Yeah, I, I mean, quite simply, that is, it, it's been the biggest, it, it is our biggest challenge as, as a company, having having to, as you've said, almost a change, what, what we are trying to do is create a category. We're trying to create that third discipline of nutrition. If you've got, you know, before or during, we're looking to be after, well, we're actually looking to be before and after. And it's really our job as, as a company and, and we are finding better ways to, to make this happen. And I'll give you some instances um, which has actually led that. But you, as, as you've said, we are focusing so heavily on what happens before you get to that start line because everything you do in and around that race 
does affect our new and even not just from a physical output perspective that's we all understand that's obvious but from a nutritional perspective what you do outside the race can greatly affect how you absorb use um and and even and, and even consume your nutrition during the race and 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 a really like unique and, and I'll, I'll start with the triple magnesium a really unique one that we try to educate people on is firstly when we launched obviously endurance athletes immediately they see a powder they see something you know they see a colorful liquid and they go wow that is to be taken during my race you know so that was the first problem we had um what we did with that product was we 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 knew that if we were able to solve we we went into to the uh, r&d process with the triple magnesium which is now kind of live in, in the states we we wanted to solve for two things we wanted to solve for muscle recovery and sleep Really, really interestingly, by solving for muscle recovery, you're also able to incorporate cramp into there. But one of the really unique things about magnesium is the fact that if people, if you have cramping issues during the race or during training, for example, taking a magnesium then and there on the spot does absolutely nothing. It's one of those ones where that is the time probably to try and test with, you know, a high strength sodium. Um, you know, even even something as, as high strength as a pickle juice. But for example, magnesium at the time when you get a cramp, people go, oh, give me, you know, they're calling out to their families, give me some magnesium. It's not going to do anything, unfortunately, then. What you need to do with magnesium for cramping is obviously to make sure it's loaded within the system. So what we wanted to solve with that formula was we needed to create a product that was going to actually be able to solve for muscle recovery and sleep. And it, those two elements for athletes are actually a bit of a chicken and the egg because we know if you solve for sleep, you're going to greatly increase the, the ability to have strong muscle recovery. Now, what we needed to do was find a way – what we needed to do was find a way to actually – so when we formulated the product and we decided, look, we, we, we went and did a lot of research and we, we knew that glycinate or bliss glycinate magnesium in North America um, is the number one magnesium – and that's a magnesium that is bound to glycine. So that's that amino acid that is really, really potent um, for calmness. It also works really, really synergistically with neurotransmitters in the body like GABA. That is the reason that form of magnesium is the one that's clinically tested to help put put, put people into to a nice state to allow them to get some really solid deep sleep. Now, what we needed to do was take that formulation up as high as possible because we also knew that the depletion rates for athletes were far greater than, than sedentary individuals. It's just a fact. You know, you deplete magnesium through through a process called lip, lipososis, which is just a converting um, of energy uh, into usable energy by the body, and obviously also through sweat and urine. Those three things we know endurance athletes do far greater of. So what we needed to do was take the formula really, really high. Um, so the formulation actually has 1,800 milligrams of activated magnesium in there. But the only downside of that is that when you formulate magnesium at that high, um, the, the ingredient is so horribly sour you cannot. You, you literally. It's not. For, it's. It's not palatable to eat, um, which is why everyone has tried to put it into a tablet form. What we also knew was that there was a global pill fatigue with athletes and people in general in this wellness category that people don't want to be consuming huge amounts of tablets anymore. It's just a fact. Um, and particularly athletes I knew being one that my teammates, they just weren't resonating with with the tablet form of particularly magnesium. Um, so we knew that powder was something we had to solve for. We do have a tablet in the, in the formulation as well um, because, you know, quite frankly, there is really unique times where tablets are very convenient. Um, 
But what we had to do was find a way to get the product to that formulation strength because we weren't going to compromise on the strength. That was matching the sports science which we were following. But what we need to do is find a way to flavor it. Um, now, we, we what a lot of the other brands have done is in the pharmaceutical space has just tried to add flavoring over the top of this really rancid, sour-tasting magnesium. And they've got this kind of metallic finish, which people – they try once, it tastes like a medicine because, quite frankly, it, it is a medicine. We've all got to remember that. Um, but the unique thing is then um, when you do take it, you're not, you're not consistent with it because the, the, it's not a taste that you want to be having all the time. We actually thought about it quite differently and, and part of the IP of the brand um, right now that we're going, we're going through and painting at the moment is we actually found an ingredient that was able to neutralize the magnesium taste um, we thought about it very uniquely, um, a little bit like uh, there's an ingredient that's added to perfume called ambergris. Um, if you add ambergris to perfume, it enables to keep it shelf-stable a lot longer. Um, so we said during the manufacturing process, we said we need to find a blocking agent that would not essentially would allow us to not have to add huge amounts of flavoring to the product would neutralize the magnesium and then allow us to add quite subtle flavoring to it because we also knew flavor um, was something that was going to be really important. And we and we tried for months. We almost had – we had 90% of the other products already formulated um, and, and we just couldn't solve this until one day um, we had a breakthrough on it and it was probably the, the happiest day um, that we had in that process because launching a startup business is, is – there's not a lot of there's not a lot of fun in, in, in the first couple of years. It, it's, it's very head down, bum up. Um, but the day that it came through and we tasted the product without the flavouring, we, we literally said to the manufacturer, we said, that's, that's the formula. They said, yeah, it was just this really dull, neutral, almost watery taste. And I said, now this, this is an opportunity which is really unique. Um, and so just to go back to your, your point, when what we had to do then was when we launched the product, it was great. It was getting this viral following. We, we did what any brand did and, you know, you want to get your brand name out there. So we actually launched a water bottle with it. Um, and what was the first thing that we saw people were starting to do was I saw that water bottle with the pink berry flavored product in the bike cradle. And I'm just like, Oh, you know, like, and we had, there was, there's everything on the website, like, you know, this should be used before bed, 60 minutes before bed. Like we couldn't have made it clearer. And I just saw, and, and like, even at expos, our first expos, even after six months. Um, and, and I said to the, I said to the company, I said, guys, if we are going to own and change the mindset of athletes, I said, we have to go all in on this because when you create a category like we're doing with this sports micronutrition, you, there is such an education curve you need to move people along, which is literally where the genesis for this this product, like the this shaker here. We've recently just launched one with a feed that kind of has um, it has uh, measurements on as well, and we literally we call this the micro shaker, and nothing special about it at all. It's purely just to show people that, hey, this thing cannot fit in your bike cradle, so it should be used. It's not a protein shaker. Like it, we, we literally launched it to be like, hey, guys, if you want something to mix your magnesium with, mix it in this, and, and like we've made it so it's not comfortable to run with or you can't put in your, um, your cradle just so people now start to see. And it's really – it is working because we're, so, we're seeing people putting this next to their bed at night and, um, and, and slowly little decisions like that and when, you, when you launch a brand and a company. Um, yeah, we, we, we've thought about it a lot now, owning that space outside of, of, of racing and training. 
Well, there's the, there's the mentality. Uh, I, I love it. I can speak to this because I am one of these athletes, right? So it must be better if you have it more often and during the times when you feel fatigued and, <laughs> and, and at your wits end, which is during a race. So you would feel, right? That's the, and I think you can agree with this. This is where the confusion is coming in this industry of nutrition. It's Absolutely. like really, like really confusing. Yeah, more, more is better. Yeah. More is better. But there's such an important process that you're going, going through, which is this education. It's a rebranding, rebranding of what nutrition can be. And there's certain times that you should be taking certain things to get the maximum performance from all the training that you're investing in this experience. And, you know, we see it with athletes who are like, well, I'm going to mix goo and then I'm going to mix carbo pro. And then I'm going to add all this sodium. And, and now the osmolality of the drink is like thrown out because you're just loading your gut with, with like stuff. So there's this rebranding that needs to, needs to happen. And it's so good that you're, and I've heard you talk about this on the podcast, like you're taking lots of, of input from the people who are using your products and collecting information and then addressing it with solutions exactly to what you're speaking about. It's such an important piece. Yeah. I, I mean, I'll touch on that as well. You, you mentioned, and, and you, you guys have just got such a, such a dialed in understanding of, of, of this nutrition and, and particularly within our category, there's probably some, some really key points to, to draw out. I, I think there is in, in the wellness space, and the, let's call it the supplement space, there is, I, I believe for athletes, there is a skepticism that we are also trying to break through with a com- um, as a company as well. The reason being that I think every athlete in their time has used magnesium, they've used a fish oil or an Omega product, um, and they've had, you know, they've had okay results, but, but probably not really anything, you know, groundbreaking enough to stay consistent with um and the main reason for that is the products as, as we go back to what i was saying before the main reason being it's not because they're bad products it's just the forms of magnesium the forms of, of the actives that of micronutrients that they were using were not actually the forms that were specifically being trying to be used so for example if an athlete was trying to use magnesium for sleep and they were using a magnesium oxide for example something that's actually used for laxative for you know for people you're not going to have a great result, and, and unfortunately, one and and really quite simply, what we do at Pillar is we said, okay, we're going to do three main things. We're going to make sure that we only use a bioavailable versions of all of the forms of, of micronutrients because in micronutrition, the the pharmaceutical companies can actually synthetically make the ingredients. Um, which creates them to be very slow absorbed. Um, they're much cheaper to make, which is why you'll find them on a lot of your, um, you know, your mass grocery ch- stores, um, kind of Costco, um, you know, Sam's Club, Walmart, these type of places. Um, and obviously that comes with a price point. We decided to only use the bioavailable versions of these ingredients because they are the ones that are absorbed the fastest. We obviously then needed to put them at a potency level that matched what we knew the output from athletes were going to be. And the third thing was was obviously having everything in form sport tested because we've got a lot of professionals that use the brand, but but also our our our, our sub elite and, and even age group athletes as well. Um, you know, they also want to know that there's there's no contaminants within the ingredients as well. But BJ, what you were saying there about the timing is so unique because in micronutrition, if you get those elements right, if you get the potency correct, you get the form of micronutrient correct, you then get this third layer is the timing. If you then get the timing correct, 
the benefits can be just so astronomical. And the most beautiful thing about the launch of the business um, that we found is once we've showed this to people and they've used the product, and I think the magnesium is the best thing. If anyone looks at kind of the brand or has seen it, you'll see how many people now tag their sleep data because once they've had the product, there has this been this profound um, tangible result that people are getting from their trackables, whether it's Garmin, kind of Whoop or Aura Ring, even Apple Watch now. Um, and the beautiful thing is it's because of those three things. We've got the potency right. We've used the bioavailable forms of the, of the formula. And we've also told people to take it 60 minutes before bed. You get all of that stuff right and it actually is able to do what you want it to do. Now, I'll go back to what, Jess, you, you were actually saying before. There are other elements and there are other micronutrients that are actually able to help what you're going to do during the race. And, and we've actually got a product which will launch in the US in, in a couple of months called Ultra B Active. Um, and it's a very high-strength B vitamin B complex. Now, the vitamin B family, when you put it at the strength that we've put it and, and only across the bioavailable versions of these formulas, this is our second bestseller within within um, endurance sports because one of the really key things of, of vitamin B family, apart from kind of like energy production and cell, red cell production, is actually the optimization of carbohydrates. So what you need, what, what people don't really understand is if you're going into to an Ironman race or even a big long session and you are consuming a very high strength, you know, if you're consuming a beta fuel, um, for example, has 40 grams of carbs, you know, if you're actually not, if your body and your, your as you've said, your, your stomach and everything isn't actually optimized to absorb carbohydrates, you're actually doing yourself a disservice. So, and this is, this is probably the, the next stage of education for our, our, our company that we're going to get into is thinking about nutrition outside of your in-race nutrition and what actually those can do to move together with each other. You know, like almost priming the body to get the most out of um, out out of what you're doing in the race as well. And yeah, it's 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 an ongoing task. We're a very very young company, as we said. We've only been on the market twenty months, but um, it's been it's been grind and hustle. Like like I mean, just a lot of startups. We're, we're now sold. We have a business in Germany um, now, now selling in North America, and, and obviously the Australian business. We have distribution markets in Asia as well um in in eastern europe too so the brand's growing really quickly and, and it just seems like right now that there is there is a chorus of athletes that, that, that do want to understand what this micronutrition can do for them because i think we're, we're all aware that we all know carbohydrates you know sodiums and things as there's, there's a plethora of information out there um but this space is is there's a lot of white space in what we're doing here that we're really looking forward to hopefully trying to lead and I want to hear about uh, your experience at Oceanside. I know that was the first uh, U.S. Ironman that you were at. But within our two-and-a-half-minute conversation, inevitably, of course, meditation came up. And um, as CEO, founder, the ups and the downs and you know, launching the business and the country shuts down and trying to get the, the taste right and all the things that were going on in the formulation of the product... What are the practices that you use to, to, to remain and hold steady your own calm so you, that you can, you know, navigate these highs and these lows and, and keep going? Yeah. 
as you can imagine, things things get pretty chaotic very quickly. Um, I've I've also in the middle of all that through through a newborn through a newborn baby in there as well. Um, so first first time parent first time parent in there as well. So my wife and I, my wife um, she she does all the product design of the business as well. So kind of any if you if you like the pillar packaging or anything like that, my wife was um, she, she was instrumental in that process. So during the first the first year, she was you know she was fully pregnant um we had a small team um and yeah as you can imagine things were pretty crazy there was there was lockdowns there was trying to understand this world um you know this idea of category creation technically also this is my first job so understanding what it's like to be a manager and 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 you're doing i had no business experience i came from you know i came i came from waking up as a professional athlete looking at my phone and seeing okay you've got you know you've got strapping here you've got physio here and you got to eat lunch here and you're going to go to bed there and and everything was out there and then now i'm doing that scheduling for other people which is you know i suppose there's a little bit of correspondence there but um what i really quickly found and it took me a little while to get into the groove of this but uh for me, the the morning is is kind of my sacred time. Um, it really does because once once the day gets going, it's I find it personally hard to slow down during the day. Um, which is why I feel if I if I set my morning up, it can yeah, uh, it doesn't for me. It doesn't matter what ends potentially ends up happening back end of the day and and in startup guys like it and the business is growing as quick as ours like. There's just things that just pop up, and all of a sudden you'll be, you know, you'll be on a meeting after dinner, and um, you know. So I, if I was to try and I realize, and I tried to, I tested this. If I was to try and set in time to exercise or meditate, or or even just take a moment in the afternoon, something would always come up, and it would take a back seat. And I knew over time, and my my, my wife was really cognizant of that for me. Um, she said, "Demi, you, you you've you've got two things now that you know you need." Some quiet time in the morning, um, so I get up and, and I also I also need to swim. So swimming for me is like meditation. Um, absolutely love it. I, I don't know what happens, but like I go for a swim now in the morning, and that's when all that's when all my marketing ideas come to me, um, which I find isn't isn't it unique? Like you know, marketing is such a creative I you know concept, and to be able to get creative doing something you absolutely love doing in like a meditative state, um, I think says a lot about about finding you know a form of exercise that you love and what that actually can do you know for, 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 i suppose for, for um your cognition as well uh but for me i get up really early i try and get up around 5, 5 a.m um and that first half an hour of the day i literally just try and go i go downstairs leave leave, leave the bedroom and, and i'll try and just do a little bit of breath work um and, and not long i mean i'm talking kind of I'll, I'll i'll turn the coffee machine on and I'll just sit down on the couch, and even five, even five minutes for me um, sets me up really nicely. I very we, we've recently moved, so I've, we've got a very small pool in our backyard. But I also enjoy like it, it's it's strange. But before I maybe head down to to the lap pool, I might actually even jump. Like I'll do some breath work, grab the coffee, and I'll jump in the pool to to kind of wake up as well. Um, I'll jump in the pool to wake up. It's very good, you know, and it's if it's cold, if the temperature's down, the cold water really helps with, you know, the vagus nerve and that kind of stuff. And I'll do some kind of light running in the pool. And if, I, if, I've, if I've kind of done my breath work, I've jumped in the pool, done a little bit of light running, you know, that's maybe eight or nine minutes. And I'm just, you know, I, I just feel a million dollars. Then I can go and I'll, I'll try and get a good session in the pool in um and by the time, you know, my son wakes up and, and everyone's up and get, you know, you get ready for the day and the daycare drop and all that stuff, um, I feel really centred. 
um, and prepared for the day. So, look, it's, it's not groundbreaking, but that's me. Yeah, it's so important that that early time in the morning, you know, I mean, there's and there's studies around this, you know, successful people, um, they're taking that time in the morning for themselves, not getting up and start slamming emails and returning texts and things like that. It's just, it's, we're very similar, you know, we've got a full day. Every day is an incredibly full day plus training. Um, and that morning time, it's, it's untouchable. Like the world cannot touch that morning time for me. Um, and it's, it sets me up to be, you know, um, a better, better person, better business person, uh, better athlete throughout the day. But, um, yeah, tell us about, okay. So tell us about Oceanside and it like, as we're kind of like in this last 10 minutes or so of the podcast, we want to know about Oceanside, how the reception was, I was so psyched to meet you. I'm so, I'm so glad to be connected with you, Damien. And um, and also, I know that um, this was not not available in the U.S. before, but now we are able to get it through the feed. So tell us about what's... Start with Oceanside and then tell us about what's going on in the U.S. as far as our ability to get our hands on on Pillar. Yeah, I, I mean, they, they, I suppose they intertwine with, with, um, with each other there. We... Um, and uh, obviously, I, th- I think any any consumer brand um, in in the world understands, you know, you, you, you target where your big, your biggest customer bases are, and the US endurance market is the biggest in the world. Um, and for us, I, you know, we we had we had a plan and a dream to to get to North America at one stage. Um, I, I didn't anticipate it definitely being in in in. April of 2023, put it that way. Um, but it all kind of came about um, for uh, it was after Kona last year, which was really interesting. Um, the, the the founder and owner of the feed, um, Matt Johnson, um, he actually got his hand on on the products. Uh, he actually his hand on some samples. We've we've got um, some. We had, at the time we had some single serves, so kind of like that. That's kind of a, the formula. But like we at the time we had some we had some single serve sachets. Um, and he got his hands on those at Kona, or going over to Kona, um, and he and his wife flew over to Kona, and he 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 tried the product that night, and he was just he was you know, he told me the story he was just blown away by how well he slept. So then he had it the second night, um, and so did his wife, and she had the same experience. And then by the third night, they'd run out. So he'd gone back to try and find whoever he was getting the product from um, because he was like, I need to have some of this stuff for the way home. Um, and, and again, like we, we hadn't met yet. Um, and he, he then went back to, he went back to, to, to Colorado um, and they started obviously looking into the brand, um, looking into, you know, this space of micronutrition and, and just said, wow, this is, this is definitely something that, that North America, you know, they, they, they obviously understand the North American consumer market and, um, they got in touch, which for me was a really interesting learning curve. I've, I've loved learning from the feed. I think from a marketplace perspective and, and even spending a week with their team after Oceanside, um, I, I've never experienced a retail, let's let's call them a retailer. I, I, I call them a curated marketplace, but they are so dialed in to what, <laughs> to what insurance athletes need. Like they have an entire coaching like almost customer service area in their in their division in their team where people can ride in and there are coaches ready and waiting to answer you know 
and, and there, there are times, the interesting thing is there are times where the coaches don't even talk about nutrition. They're just helping with like training plans. They said, we're kind of here for anything, but you know, mainly if they want to talk about nutrition, you can talk about nutrition. To get it, um, to fast forward a little bit, obviously the, the plan was made um, that we would bring the product into North America exclusively with the feed. Um, and we would start with our triple magnesium products we then had to undertake the the large process of FDA approval, um, you know, relabeling, et cetera, et cetera. Um, a lot, a lot of a lot goes into that, um, and so the plan was then it was just really kind of serendipitous timing that it was looking like it was going to be end of end of March, early April, and we looked at the calendar. Um, and we were like, wow, like we're, let's let's try and do the launch, you know, in and around Oceanside, which was, you know, for us, it was going to be, I thought, what a great opportunity to get some of our team over there. We can do an expo, the feed, um, you know, we share some common professional athletes um, and we can try and shoot, you know, do, do a bit of a mini physical launch as well. Um, and it was great. Um, so that, that was how, how it went about. Um, we, we planned it to go live the week before. Um, Oceanside. So then hopefully if anyone had seen the product on the feed, they could come and have a chat to the team. And it worked really, really, um, really, really well in that sense. Um, we, we had Ben Canute racing um, together who, who was fantastic and, and shot a lot of content mm-hmm. for us on the day. And and the launch and the response has been has been phenomenal. Um, I, I, much, much greater than my expectation was going to be, and even the feed thought. Um, I think we're both very pleased with with the direction it's going, and we obviously see that there is a huge amount of um, opportunity to start to to help educate, and the feed are going to play a really important role in this. And and that's one of the things that I, you know, one of the reasons I, we decided to to partner with them um, as part of Pillars Launch in North America is because of their focus on education. They don't just get product from A to B, which, well, they do that very well, um, but they're also really, really mindful of how to educate where to fit this new category into the world of an endurance athlete's, let's say, puzzle um, because, you know, they've got a lot of brands. Um, they've, they've got, you know, brands that essentially can all do similar things, but from a, from a nutri- like micronutrient perspective, they understand where, where this can really play a part. I think Matt, um, Matt, the founder, was also very aware that that sleep right now is is, is on the minds of so many people, um, particularly particularly endurance athletes. I think he is he's very acutely aware that endurance athletes are the ones that are very sleep deprived, meaning that like they know when and how much sleep they need, but if there is you know if if something does go wrong in that equation throughout a night, it really can throw off days of preparation because we know that the, 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 the meticulous planning that goes into kind of training and life scheduling for, for, for endurance athletes as well. Um, and he said, you know, if we, if we are able to solve for that with pillar and start to educate um, how something that is natural, you know, it's, 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 it's a product that, you know, you know, people can be safe and not worry about that. They're using, you know, something that is far, you know, that's more, um, I suppose, um, yeah, in a way, pharmaceutical in, in a sense as well. This is it's, it's, it is micronutrition that um, and magnesium is, is created naturally as well. So the only thing is, humans can't create it. We have to get it from what we're eating, um, and unfortunately, we we don't eat enough of, of certain things. So um, yeah, Oceanside though, what a great place! I, I absolutely love Southern California. Amazing race. I was I was pretty blown. Like I was I was blown away. I was 
blown away by the by the by the women's race. I mean, I could not believe Chelsea said I, I, I thought Chelsea was I thought Chelsea had it had it won. Um and running a one fifteen, I was actually texting her coach Dan Plews, who, who I'm very close with. Um and I said, Oh, how's she looking? He said, and he literally said before the run, he said, I think she runs a one fifteen. Um yeah, he goes, I think she'll run a one fifteen. I went, Okay, that should be enough to win and it's like Oh, Tamara, Tamara just ran. It was a phenomenal run, um, but it was a great, course, such a great course. Beautiful, beautiful weather. I can see why a lot of athletes do enjoy do enjoy making that on the start of the season. Yeah, it's like a. I mean, I know Ben calls it like a mini world championship. <laughs> you know, it really and it's yeah. it's a spectacular. It's a spectacular course. course. We both raced it, which means. We completely missed the pro race, but we can watch that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and we've been in both places too. We've we've lived in Boulder, we've lived, and now we're here in San Diego. So we've been been blessed to be in both of these epic, you know, endurance communities. And you know, even when we were in Boulder, people were like, "If you like it here, you're going to love San Diego. You're just going to love it." Um, and so we we love both places. The communities are amazing. The endurance communities are like. I mean, that's how we got our, our birth in the sport was in, was when we moved to Boulder. Um, and just to be in this energy of greatness, you know, there's so many high caliber athletes just training. I mean, we ran into Ben one day, just running. He was walking, he was doing a walk on the run course and we were running. So just running into these people, it's, it's, it's super cool. Um, so Damien, what is, what's the dream and vision for Pillar now that you've got your feet wet a little bit, three, three years in, you're in the U S now, like, like, where do you see this going? We, we definitely see a lot of white space, um, in, in, in this idea of sports micronutrition. Um, the goal, obviously we, we, we want to, you know, if we create, if we create this category, we want to lead the category. We want to be that almost a platform. We don't just want to be a product. We want to be a platform that, that athletes can turn to, to to educate in this space. Um, and I think that puts a lot of it puts a lot of pressure on, on us as a company as well to make sure that we're not just creating great products, but we're finding ways to actually educate. Um, and, and that comes through, you know, through through content, through through the way that we can speak to our audiences as well. Um, and for me that's that's the ultimate goal. I, I want I want us to to essentially change the mindset for athletes. And with that is is it's, it's a pretty bold statement, um, but as we've said, I, I think there is something really, um, you know, really close to my heart about trying to get you know allowing people to have the the possibility to do what they love doing for much longer. Um, yeah, and I, I think it's it's a unique space in nutrition because no one has thought you know about about really thinking about athletes who love doing what they want to do and potentially continue to do that well later into life, continue to do it with their children or their partners. We all know endurance sports is a lifestyle. So um, if we can play a part in that, in, in changing the mindset of an athlete very early on in their careers and then be able to allow them to do it for much longer, um, that's, that is the goal. And I know there's a thousand steps in between that, but the big element of what we've got to do is make sure that we're leading leading the way in product, um, which, which I'm confident that we're going to be doing. We've got some 
um, some pretty announce, pretty exciting announcements coming in the coming months in terms of who will be joining the business um, and the company from a research perspective as well to really continue to take us forward um, from that perspective to make sure that we are always at the forefront of innovation um, in this space. And we are already looking at kind of what the next steps and the next iterations of, of these products can be. And then after that, it's, a, it's about engaging with our community. It's about trying to help people, you know, move along that education curve. And that has nothing to do with product from my perspective. That, that has something completely to do with how you build a community and, and talk to people and, and think about, you know, the, the, I suppose the, yeah, the, the, the content and communication element of, of what you're doing as well, aside from product. So two big things, but that's the goal. Um, yeah, a few more early mornings, I think. Yeah, a couple more early mornings, a thousand steps, and then another five thousand steps that you're not aware of yet. Those will come. So, um, totally. But this has been a great conversation. I want to congratulate you on becoming a dad, and your wife Thanks, nailed guys. your wife nailed the branding. Like I, that's one of the things that I love about mm-hmm. it. I'm like, this is this is classy branding. I really mm-hmm. like it. It's very oh, clean. Our backgrounds you. our backgrounds are in marketing and um nice. like yeah, like the brand the brand matters. The, the way it looks it matters to me and um and it looks really good and we got a chance to to try the product at Oceanside and loved it. We j- I felt like I feel like the guy from the feed like where else can I get it? Need more. Um so we uh hopefully we can get more of that into our into our bodies soon, but Really appreciate your time, Damien, coming to us from uh, from your home in Australia and really excited to introduce uh, or further introduce you to our community here at Yogi Triathlete. So thank you. No, likewise, guys. I appreciate it. I, I know I know you guys do you do have a, have a very loyal audience, so I appreciate the opportunity to, to chat today and, and, yeah, obviously introduce my, myself and, and what we're doing here to them. So it's not lost on me as well. So thank you so much. 